How many ready to receive what God has in store for you on this wonderful Sunday morning? I know it's not easy getting up in a cold weather, but when you brace something to get to the house of God, God says, I see what your heart is saying and I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna show my face. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give it up for our next generation as they're dismissed today. We just sang a song about generation after generation. That their blessing would be on those children. While we were singing that song, I couldn't help but just stretch my hands toward all of you to pray what this priestly blessing was in numbers. This is where this comes from. That may his face shine upon you. That may, may he show you his favor. That he may give you his peace. That upon generation after generation will you see the goodness and the faithfulness of God. That what you have done and what faithfulness you have shown, it will carry through from generation to generation. How many want to receive that blessing today? Receive his peace today. Last week, we began talking about this word called trust. It is the word of the year that we have announced and something that I feel like God has laid on my heart for us to lean on. It's foundational to what I believe God is wanting to do in our church and in our lives. And we, we leaned into the, the Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 that says, if you know it, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trusting God isn't based on a feeling, but it is a conscious decision to trust when you don't know the outcome, to trust when you don't know the answer. And I want us to look at a story today in Matthew chapter 14, where we will see Peter one of the disciples of Jesus do something that demonstrates to us what it means to trust. I want you to turn me to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read verses 22 through 33. I'm excited to preach this today. God showed me something this week that I can't wait to show you what he showed me. It says this immediately after this. What was this immediately after? You always have to go back and look 
understand context when you're reading scripture. What was this after? They had just got done feeding the 5,000. You've ever heard of the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish? They had just got done feeding 5,000 men and their families. Remember, they only accounted for men to be the account for their entire family. So this very easily could have been 20,000 plus people that they just fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. They robbed the little boy of his lunch. Not really. He gave it. And God broke it and he divided it. It says immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he was sent, while he sent the people home, all those people he fed. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, that's early, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water, defying the odds of matter itself. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here then peter called to him lord if it is really you tell me to come to you walking on the water yes come jesus said so peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward jesus but when he saw the strong wind and the waves he was terrified and began to sink save me lord he shouted and jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. I want to preach to you from this story today. And I want to point out a few key things. And I want to preach to you from the title liquid courage liquid courage father we thank you for today we thank you for your presence here we pray lord that we would be embraced by your grace today that we would be embraced by your glory that you would show to us today something that maybe we've never seen before that we would experience your presence in a fresh way We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that you're here to to meet with us, that we are here, Lord, to encounter you. We're not here just to come to church to make ourselves feel good, but Lord, we came to worship you, to gather together as your people and to sing praises to your name. No matter the circumstance we're facing, no matter the situation we're in, we are praising your name to say, holy are you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. So speak to us today and help me, God, Help me to deliver this message, Lord, the way that you delivered it to me. Help it to touch the hearts of your people. Let us walk out of here transformed and renewed by our mind because of your word. God, we just thank you for what you're going to do. We worship you today. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said a big amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you are seated today. Give them a warm embrace. They might need it. 
As we observe this text today and this story, we see Jesus giving an instruction to his disciples to go ahead of him to the other side of the lake, that he would meet them there. He sends them ahead into the water, into the boat. He insisted on it. And again, it says immediately after this, he insisted that the disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. You see, God will often give you an instruction to go to a place where he will meet you. And the place, but here's the thing, but from the time that he says go and the place in which he says he will meet you, in that space in between is where the challenge often comes. This is where trust is refined. This is where you find where your dependence on what God has said stays faithful to. You see, we often want God to give us the step-by-step instructions while we are doing what he said he was going, told us to do. We want him to lay out the plan. But it, the truth is, if God were to give you every single step and play out everything ahead of you ahead of time, you would rely on your own wisdom and not his. You would end up relying on your own strength and not his. You would end up relying on your own peace and not his, and by the end of it, you would forget and think to yourself that you were the one who actually got you there. This is what happened all through the Old Testament with the people of God. When God had got them out of, out of slavery in Egypt, they would continually forget where God had brought them from because of the blessings that he would give them, and they would fall short every time. You would begin to think in your own circumstance, if God were to play this all out to you every step of the way, you would think you were the one who got yourself there and you were the one who had the idea to do this to begin with. And I think that oftentimes when God hasn't given you the full picture, you will start to make decisions on your own instead of consulting God in the plan in which he gave you. God told you to start that business, but now you started running that business how you think it should be ran instead of the way that he said to run it. God's the one who gave you those kids, but now you're training them in the way that you think they should be trained instead of how God says they are to be raised up. God gave you that job and now you're frustrated with it because it, it isn't what you thought it would be. So now you've decided to go get another job. But what you don't realize is that God is working something in you. He is building something in you, the character and the integrity that will be needed for the places and the promotion that God is trying to send you to. The thing you prayed for. God is the one who gave you that paycheck and that income. And the way in which you are to earn it. But now you're trying to run your finances to please you and to put yourself first rather than trying to please and put God first. And your trust in what God said he would do has dwindled. I've got to say that we've got to stop taking matters into our own hands and leave them in the hands of the one who matters. We like to take control. We like to be in the driver's seat. But if we learned anything last week, 
God doesn't need a backseat driver. He doesn't need you bickering in his ear on what he should do. He knows the plans. He knows the ways. He is the one who sees the end from the beginning. He is the first and the last. He is God Almighty all by himself. Jesus tells them, cross to the other side. He insisted. And while he sent the people home, it says, after sending them home, he went up to the hill by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. They've been rowing all night. They have found themselves in some trouble. What was the trouble? There was a strong wind that had begun to rise. And they were fighting a storm. They were fighting heavy waves. And it says about 3 o'clock in the morning. Some of y'all parents know what that felt like last night. About We did. About 3 o'clock in the morning. My wife specifically. I got to give her credit for that. She got up with the baby last night. It says that Jesus began to come toward them. Walking on water. We serve a water walking God. Who defies all of matter in itself. It says that God sent them to the other side. And on the way they got held up. They got into some trouble. They, a wind and a storm started brewing. And they found themselves in a predicament. And it says when the disciples saw him walking on the water. It says they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. It's not Halloween, but it was a ghost to them. But Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. So the storm is raging. And now all of a sudden, they see someone walking on the water toward them. Like, imagine this. And now Jesus is showing up. But they didn't know that it was him. They can't tell. He is too far at a distance. And I don't know about you, but if I was on a boat and some figure started walking towards me on the water, I'd be freaking out too. I'd be like, where's the oars? Fire up the motor. Get us the heck out of here. Drop the sails. Who's got the gun? Like somebody. They had no idea this was Jesus. They see this figure walking from a distance. No one could have expected this. This is the first time that we see anywhere in Scripture where this had happened. It's probably the very first time he's ever done this, which I believe goes to show that God will oftentimes reveal himself in ways that you don't expect. God walked out in himself and they didn't know it was him. They, they did not expect him to be there. And it says, but, but Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid because they're freaking out. Take courage. I am here. And then Peter, with all his confident self, called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, how in the world did Peter know this was Jesus? Like, think about this for a minute. Like, it had to be maybe what Jesus said, but I want us to kind of look at it this again. This is something that's so cool that, I, that I, I picked up on this week. It said, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Did you see it? 
Are you recognizing what Jesus is saying? Jesus was identifying himself as the great I am. He said, take courage. I am here. In that one statement, God was speaking to his disciples, declaring the identity of I am. Jesus was signifying that he is Yahweh, the self-sufficient, the self-sustaining God who was and who is and who is to come. The all-powerful, the all-knowing. He said, I am is here. I don't know if you understand what that means, but you need to go understand it through scripture. When he came to Moses in a burning bush and Moses was saying, when God told Moses, go, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses like, but who do I tell them who sent me when they asked me who sent you to free these people? He said, tell them I am sent you. I am whatever you need. I am. That's what he's saying. I am all sufficient, all knowing. All-powerful. I am self-sufficient in myself. I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I have everything that I need in myself. And Jesus steps on the scene, walking on water, declaring himself as the great I am. So Peter must have recognized something. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, then tell me to come to you. Tell me to walk. Peter's got some, some courage. He's got some liquid courage, not the liquid that you're talking about or thinking about. I'm talking about a liquid that comes from a well that never runs dry. He's got a liquid courage. It says that he climbed over the side of the boat because Jesus said, come, which goes to show that when God tells you to do something, that means you're going to have to climb over something to get to where he's called you to go. And you're going to have to step on a foundation that you're uncertain of. Something that you don't know where the outcome's going to be. Something that looks like it's going to sink, but you don't have any idea other than to trust. They all thought he was a ghost, but Peter recognized his voice. Which goes to show that when you know the voice of God, because of your time that you have spent with him, when storms are raging and winds are blowing and waves are crashing down and you're in a place of desperation, it is easier to have trust and faith in the one that you call God. I don't have to see all of him to know that I hear him. I don't have to know all the answers to know that the one who's calling out to me is the answer. He said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. I, gotta, I can't imagine the feeling he felt. Peter trusted God enough to tell him and to ask him, tell, I want you to tell me to come to you. Because if I do this in my own strength, this ain't going to happen. You've got to speak it. You've got to say it. And it says that he then stepped out of the boat onto the water. You see, trust is always a step of faith every single time. When you have to take a, a, have faith in something or to trust God in something, it will require you to take a step. It will require you to walk over something. It will require you to step over something that maybe is in your way that God's trying to get you to get over. And maybe sometimes it's your own pride. Maybe sometimes it's your own mentality. 
Maybe sometimes it's your own way of thinking and your own frustration. Maybe sometimes it's that relationship that God's been telling you it's time to step over and leave it there and you keep holding on to it. But the Bible goes on to say that when he saw the strong wind and the waves, it says he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and he grabbed him. Over the years, I've always preached that Peter sank because of the wind, because of the waves. And you're like, well, we just read that. That's what it just said. And, I, and as you read it and you read that last verse we just read, I can see how we would all agree. It was the wind. It was the waves. That's what it said. But something I have failed to see all these years is, is what, I have, what I feel like God is wanting me to reveal to you this week. The storm didn't start when Peter walked on water. Go back and read it. Peter stepped out. They had already been in the boat. They were already in the middle of the lake. And it said they found themselves in trouble. And winds started coming and waves started crashing. Which goes to show that Peter stepped out in the midst of the storm. He didn't sink because of the wind. He sank because he shifted his focus. Why did Peter lose focus? Matter of fact, when did Peter lose focus? When, when did you start focusing on all the things that are going wrong so much that you've forgotten how far God has brought you and that he's brought you from a mighty long way? When did you become one of those hand in the pocket kind of worshipers in church? You used to not worry about what other people thought about you. You used to worry and focus on God during worship. You used to not care what people thought. You used to dance like David danced. You used to worship unashamed. You used to put God first in your life. You used to come to church more than once a month. When did you lose focus? When? When, when, when did Peter lose focus? We've got to imagine this for a moment, moment. I know it had to be hard for Peter. Think about this. Peter must have been tired. He'd been rowing all night. He just got done. He's walking on water. He's, he's in a storm. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. He's tired. He just fed with the rest of the disciples, 5,000 hangry people trying to smile at them and serve them like, God bless you. You're just coming around for the dog and pony show. But God bless you. I'm going to feed you anyway because Jesus said I should. He's got to be tired. He's got to be stressed because he just tried to figure out how in the world are we going to feed all these magnitudes of people with five loaves and two fish from this little boy's lunch. Okay, Jesus. Like, we all get a crumb. How's this going to work? He's been working all evening. And now it's 3 a.m. He's been rowing all night. The storm's been crashing. It would make sense if the wind started blowing after he was already walking or after he started walking on water. It would make sense. But the wind already existed. The storm was already there. We don't know how many steps 
he took towards Jesus. It doesn't tell us, but what we do know is that Jesus was far enough away that they couldn't identify him other than a silhouette. They, he was far enough that they couldn't see. And I, I can't believe that I haven't seen this before. Now I want to read this to you. It says, but when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And then Jesus immediately, somebody say immediately, reached out and grabbed him. You mean to tell me Peter got all that way? The Bible doesn't say he cried out and Jesus had to run towards him and save him. No, he didn't go, hold on, Peter, I'm coming. No, it doesn't say that. No, the Bible says immediately, immediately. So Peter was in arm's reach of Jesus. And you want to fall now? You want to lose focus now? When you're this close to your breakthrough? When you're this close to your freedom? You are this close to your miracle. You are this close to becoming who God's called you to be. You are this close. You're too close now to sink. You've come too far not to trust now. You've come too far to lose hope now. You've walked too far. You, you, when, why would you lose focus now? God is right in front of you. You've walked this whole way. You've come too far to look back now. You're closer than you think. He's right there. Don't lose hope now. Tell your neighbor, don't lose hope now. Don't lose faith now. You can't tap out now. You can't turn around now. Your answer is standing in front of you. You've got to understand Jesus was in arms reach of Peter. And why all of a sudden would he lose focus? Think about this. I think it's that sometimes when we trust God out of desperation and we get out of the boat because we ain't got nowhere else to turn and we're like, God, I'm just going to trust in you. And we start walking on water and we start getting in this journey a long way and we start to find ourselves tired. And what I've discovered in life is that it's not that I begin to sink when I start trusting. It's when I've been doing it for a long time and I haven't quite got there. The Bible tells us to not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Stay faithful. So why would Peter get all this way and then all of a sudden shift his focus? Jesus was right there. You mean to tell me he got all that way? He walked on water, did something like not even Michael Jackson could do this. And Jesus was right there. He trusted him all that way. We don't know how far. We don't know how many yards he walked. We don't know how many feet he walked. We don't know how many times he jumped over away. We don't know. But all we know is he got within arm's reach and he shifted his focus and he sank. And it says immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him. Immediately. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. I came to preach to somebody today to tell you, don't stop now. You've come too far. Don't stop now. You trusted too long. Don't stop now. You've got to stay focused. Touch three people and tell them, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Then the Bible says, when Jesus got into the boat, it says, then they worshiped him. 
And for some people, that's how you worship God. I'll worship when it's all over. I'll worship when my marriage gets restored. I'll worship when. But why not worship Him while you're in the middle of the storm? I don't want to worship God when. I want to worship Him and I want to do it right now. I don't don't want to do it when the battle's over. I want to do it in the midst of the battle. I want to do it in the midst of the storm. Because I need His help. I need His grace. I need His help. I need Him to stir my faith. I want everyone to stand across this room today. I know your situation doesn't look good. I know you're struggling today. I know, I know that what you're facing right now feels like it's going to tear you apart. I know it feels like you don't know which way you're supposed to turn. But can I tell you, don't wait until the storm is over to worship Him. Worship Him in light of the storm because He is right there. You've come too far. You're within arm's reach. Don't stop now. You've come too far. right in the palm of his hand. 
pray, Lord, today that in this space in between of you saying come and the place we meet you, that in that space in between, I pray, Lord, that we would trust you, that we would not grow weary in doing good, that we would be faithful to what your word says, because you are faithful to what you say, that your word will never return void. I pray, Lord, for strength to rise people to realize they've come too far to lose focus now, that they've come too far to turn back now, they've come too far to be distracted, they've come too far to lose their focus. You're right there. Our breakthrough is right there. That miracle is right there. Our hope is right there. That peace that we've been looking for, it's right there. That joy that that we just sang about that says comes in the morning, it's right there. The hour is almost over. The darkness has almost been gone. Lord, the sun is rising. You're within arm's reach, Jesus. We've come too far. We've come too far to become cynical. We've come too far to become prideful.
the one who walked on water to you in a dark hour where a storm was coming at 3 a.m. in the morning and God showed up and maybe you didn't see that it was God in that moment but you realized that there is a voice crying out to you and he's telling you to come and you came and you've been walking but you lost focus and today is your day to regain your focus so if you're one of those two groups of people today maybe you need to step out of the boat and begin your relationship with Jesus maybe you're the one who lost focus you've come a long way and you've grown weary and you've shifted your focus you've allowed the distractions of the storm to shift it away today is the day to come back if you're one of those two groups of people I want to pray for you today and I want to know who I'm praying with we're going to pray a prayer if that's you one of those two groups of people when I count down from three I just want you to lift your hand and say that's me I want to begin my walk with Jesus Lord, I want to regain my focus with Jesus because he is the one who saved me and he's the one who's going to carry me through. I don't want to worship when it's over. I want to worship in the middle of the storm. So if that's you today, when I count down from three, just lift your hand and say, that's me. Pray for me. Ready? Three, two, one. Just lift your hand today. Say, I need Jesus. I need to regain my focus. I lost it along the way. Or today I want to have a brand new beginning. In Jesus, if that's you, just lift it high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God sees you. Strength will come again. Faith is right there. Your hope was in within arm's reach. can hear ourselves this prayer of faith and say dear Jesus come into my life help me live a new life in you God I accept you as Lord and leader of my life thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and help me walk with you Today I regain my focus or I start my first steps, but in the process in between, I will trust you, I will keep my faith in you, and I will keep my hope in you. Give me strength, wash me clean, make me new. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Today I'm a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shout a big amen for everybody.